We in these streets, man. This week we sat down with Anitra Brown to discuss buying black and what you should do when you don't get the service you expect. News on the streets with Chippo and AJ Bell. Tony Frederick gets a New Orleans tourist in bad situations. And one of our audience members has found love. All that, and of course, I'm holding court with my crew of intelligent gestures. We have absolutely nothing to talk about, but we're talking about a lot of it. Hey, this is the bad boy Red Bean, and we're coming at you live from these streets again. We are located in the Upper Treme area, and I'm hanging out with my girl Anitra Brown. Today, we're talking about the black dollar. It's buying black, improving the black community by supporting black businesses. Absolutely. I think that is so important that we support black businesses. And I could give you a whole bunch of statistics, uh, Red Bean, on why it's important for us to support black businesses. Uh, um, one I'll share right now, and I know folks have heard this, uh, the short-lived time that a dollar circulates in our yes. community. Yes. So in other communities, if you're talking about, you know, whether we're talking about the Jewish community or the Asian community, uh, you look at a dollar that circulates uh, days, weeks, and months. Within days, those, weeks, and months. Right, and I'm not going to try and give specific statistics, but I know days, weeks, and months, the dollars circulate. Some of y'all that don't <laughs> understand, she said specific, not Pacific. I say specific. But I know, but some people <laughs> still saying Pacific. I mean, we are. <laughs> I ain't going to give Atlantis <laughs> Atlantic statistics I ain't going to give you them Pacifics. Uh, the Pacifics is. <laughs> so, but generally, in other communities, you're crazy. Dollar, the dollar circulates days, weeks, months, and and what that means, you know, when you think about that dollar circulating within the community, it's building and strengthening that community. Right. And our community is gone in a matter of hours. A matter of hours. Yeah. So we get paid, we get that dollar, and we spend it immediately outside of our community. That is to say with non-black-owned businesses. Sometimes it doesn't even take that long because if you think about it, a lot of people are cashing their checks at some of these aces and all it, it so they, yeah. they're taking a percentage off top. off top they're getting it so you haven't I mean, got if you, the dollar yet <laughs> and it's gone if you stop and think about how rough it is out <laughs> here where you paying you know you, you, you basically by the time you got your check it's spent you know your dollar circulated negative seven days <laughs> <laughs> Your circulation is like negative twenty three, but um, but really, so yeah, we're talking about a matter of hours in our community, in the black community, where you know that dollar is gone. We're all we've already spent it outside of our community, and it doesn't. When I say outside of the community, I don't mean boundaries, because you know a lot of folks come into our neighborhoods and set up shop. Um, right. I mean, outside of our community is as in with non-black owned businesses. And it's not a good thing because black owned businesses are so critical to our community. Well, you were saying that black businesses employ black businesses are the second second, second largest employer of black people. They come only behind federal state and local government entities and agencies so other than government black business is the if it were not for the government black business would be the top employer of black people 
Stop and think about how many black folks would be out of work if it were not for black businesses. Right. Um, and, and so, the, you know, they're important for one of those matters for sure. So give an example of what you're seeing as far as the black dollar staying in the community and how that impacts the community. Sure, sure, sure. So, I mean, it, it's just the, the best way I can put it is deliberate, conscious spending and consumerism in our everyday lives. So think about all the things that you do on a regular basis and um Yes, that's think about Wow, we are in Treme, so you know anything's bound to happen. Um think about all the things that we do on a regular basis. And and, and we're at an office. This show is so tightly Tightly rehearsed, as I always say. When you're in these yo, streets, when you're in these streets, anything bound to happen. In these streets, but, uh, <laughs> so so groceries, gas, um, um, you know, uh, your your clothing or, or or hair care or whatever the case may be. When you spend dollars within your community and they go into the hands of another person of color, another black person, let's be specific, then again that money is in the community. It's strengthening the community by employing the people who are I mean by by providing jobs for the people who are employed right. at those places. Um by um creating a, a, a an improved community. So let's look at this grocery store for example. Like you're saying the, the black businesses are the second leading employer of blacks uh, in the country. In the nation, absolutely. In the nation. So you get you, you, you get your check from outside of the community. Okay? Mm-hmm. You come in, you go to the grocery store that's employed or employing a number of black uh, people. So, so those folks are able, able to, to get paid. They're able to get paid. Get that black they're able to, you know, hopefully the, the then they come back and shop and in that shop in that store, grocery so that store. Dollar gets recirculated. Exactly. And what you have is community building. So if I'm if we're circulating the dollar in our community and folks are being able to have jobs and get paid, then hopefully what they're doing is, you know, paying mortgages, sending kids to college, building and strengthening our community. That's that's what that kind of sick cycle is about. Right. So, so what keeping we, their neighborhoods nice, you know, because when you buy your own, when you own a home, you you know, there's a little bit more pride taken into how you maintain it, and so it's all about strengthening the, the community. Yes, yeah. Impression management theory. I think, you know, like when, when you showing off your two lanes of grill. <laughs> see, I didn't let everybody know my degree because you know I still haven't gotten it yet. I mean, I did graduate, <laughs> but I still owe account receivable like five thousand dollars. So. And, and, <laughs> That's been a minute, so they probably got interest they, on it. Yeah. So, so my thing is, Tulane, y'all keep it. You know how <laughs> you know how difficult it is to walk across the stage and open your degree. You know, the little thing they get, and it has a note in it that says, "Please see account receivable." Now I can't even take pictures. Wow, what you, yeah, you know what? That you should have you should have went to a black college, did you? <laughs> I had a full scholarship. I wouldn't, you know, like it is. So the it question is. is, how you get a full scholarship and still owe money at the end of four years? Because you know this, you know this. I talked about this with my collection of idiots uh, later, uh, but uh, when you're in college, you're trying to, you know, get get fed mm. so i'm like charging stuff at the at the at bookstore oh, okay okay at the brush stuff they called it so, on my id yeah that mean if I all of that went stupid. to your gut don't even pay for that let that go don't <laughs> i was real stupid i paid on my id three hundred dollars 
for a CD player because that's when CD players first came out. Yes, I'm showing my age a little bit. Wow. So yeah, so back to the back so to what we're here thing. to talk about because you got issues. <laughs> but yeah, so it does improve the community, and you know, so the, so what are we? What what, what is the charge that we, we're putting on, or the task that we're putting on? Uh, so the, the task, the charge that we're always putting on those of us in the black community, black consumers, where where the buying power has approached $1.2 trillion, the charge that we're putting on uh, ourselves is to deliberately, consciously spend with black-owned businesses when and wherever possible. Point blank, bottom line. Right now, um, black black consumers spend about six cents of every dollar with black owned businesses if we just doubled that according to a study done by the university of georgia selig center for business if we just doubled that to 12 cents right for every dollar black owned businesses could employ another 589,000 black people we deal with double digit unemployment rates in this nation right you know i don't know what kind of a dent 589,000 black people employed additionally would make but I think it would make a dent and so when we consciously and deliberately say you know what I'm going to take my family out for dinner tonight and instead of going to some chain owned casual dining restaurant you know what we're going to go to and I'm not trying to name drop but we're here in New Orleans you know we're going to go to Little Dizzy's we're going to go to Morrow's we're going to go to Niehaus whatever the case may be you're going to go to those which places which are all great restaurants which are all great restaurants all black owned restaurants and all employ a significant number of, of black people um, you know I'm going to go where my dollar is supporting my community so we just consciously say you know what I got to fill up my tank today I'm going to go to the uh, the gas station off of Chapatulis, which is black owned. Um, I think it's called what? Sterling Express. That's what it's called. Right. Um, I need to make a few groceries. I'm going to go to Circle. Circle. Uh, yeah, Circle Food Store. So, yeah. What, what about the one that's in the night ward? Uh... Oh, wow. Yeah, there's, there's absolutely. It's a small grocery store, but um, definitely in a food desert. And um, we'll come back and we'll give you the name of that grocery store because I can't think of it right now, but we will tell you. Yeah. So it's just about that kind of deliberate stuff uh, saying, you know what? I'm going to spend these dollars and this is where I'm going to spend it because here they support my community. But well, I'm not saying it's always easy. <laughs> right. And that's where I was going to go. We're going to put a little spin on it because when we come back, we're going to play a little bit of music. But when we come back, I want to talk about. So what if we're doing this? We're, 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 we're attempting to spend in the black community. We're, we're, we're making this happen and we're not getting the service that we think we should be getting. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of things to be said about we, that, and we're gonna get into them. We'll be right back. We're gonna man. get into them. You guys stay tuned. If you're on Anchor, man, please enjoy this music. If not, you're gonna miss out on some great music. So I think it's. I'm sorry. Lord Ninth Ward Market is what I think the it's Lord called. Lord Ninth Ward. Yeah. Market. Yes, that? that's it. That's it's it. On Caffin. That's it. That's it. So. so if you're in New Orleans or if you're visiting New Orleans, make sure that you check out the Lord Knight Ward Market, which is on Caffin, uh, 2036 Caffin Avenue. We'll be right back. Yes, and we are back. Back in full effect. We were talking about using the black dollar spending the black dollar in the black community making it recirculate 
longer than a matter of hours. Right, right, or, and why that's important. And so. why that's important. And um, but then we get and and I think you know I uh, I think it's important to do I. That's one of my rallying cries. I implore, I urge people to buy black. No um, matter what. No, you know what? Yeah, no matter what. Yeah. That doesn't mean it's it's always easy. You know, but, but I'll tell you, and, and you have to be situation. deliberate about it. Um, few, uh, just uh, about a year or so ago, did a sweet sixteen for my daughter. Deliberately made sure that the caterer, the event, uh, the event location, the photographer, the person who did her hair and nails and makeup, deliberately made sure that those were all black businesses. Uh, right now, you know, the biggest purchase a person ever makes in their life. I purchased a home, need some renovations from the bank right down to my contractor. You know, with a few, with a few exceptions, um, uh, I have made sure that this this transaction right. has uh, utilized black-owned businesses. That doesn't mean it's always easy. <laughs> Why? Why pray tell? You say? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, right now because the, the the purchase part is done, um, I am now in the middle of the renovations, and of course, that's just a hectic process. Right. Just by itself, you know. But, you know, I'd be sitting here telling a tale if I didn't say I'm having some issues dealing with my people and I love my people. <laughs> I love my people, but, you know, I just feel like, can I get the painter to choose between painting my house or drinking Bacardi rum on the job? Like, how many bottles? I'd have found at least two. Now, I'm not saying that's a, you know, only black businesses struggle with that but it it hurts my heart as someone who urges and implores people to utilize black businesses when and wherever possible that that when i do so in a situation like this i'm kind of faced with you know sort of a dilemma but what i'll do is because what happens sometimes when we we, when we uh patronize black-owned businesses and we we complain about the service and rightfully so maybe there was really a serious problem right and then we'll say something like, well, I'm never going to, you know, forget black owned businesses. Nah, 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 nah. That's not what I urge. That's not what I suggest. Maybe you can't, you know, patronize that black owned business anymore until they get their, their stuff together. But we, we can't wholesale, just throw away uh, ensuring that we are circulating our money within our community. Right. So, uh, you, you know, despite and, I, and I, I've, I've complained and I've vented, but, you know, despite the the struggles and the struggles are real when you decide you're going to paint over holes in the wall. Um, I, I, really, <laughs> I think we can't put this podcast out until your house is done. They no, because I already had this conversation with the contractor. Oh, okay. I, I'm not scared. I'm not. And, you know, and that's why I love doing business with my people, too, because I'm not scared. Look, hey, you, you get your boy. Yeah, I can't. You know that's not right. Then, now let's get this together. <laughs> so we were talking, and you like, you got your appliances mm-hmm. that you have not even been able. Yeah, to man, use I'm yet. up in it because y'all, y'all been paying for two and a half weeks. So, you know, but but my refrigerator, my <laughs> stove, my microwave, my dishwasher in there, and I'm, you know, my lights have been on for well over a month because you know I gotta, you know, get my. I go up in there and y'all got sandwich meat in the refrigerator <laughs> and your wall, and I'm not even mad because you gotta take your lunch break. But I'm saying, can I use my refrigerator? Can y'all hurry up with this paint job so I can use my refrigerator? Can, can I make a sandwich? Can I put some ham up in the, you know? Can I get some lettuce in the crisper? Can we get out of here? But you know that's all part for the course, I guess. Is it's just 
but again like i said i'm not i'd be telling a lie if i didn't say man when i when i hit some of these little these little well, rough patches in this you know it's kind of like well damn why i gotta deal with this when i'm dealing with my with my people but what we were talking about earlier is that i think it's you know it happens everywhere. It happens everywhere. And that's the thing I want to see. You know, I, and I've made light of it. And I think part of it is I, I got to laugh about some of the stuff or else I'm going to cry. But what I also know is that it happens everywhere. So everywhere. it's not a black-owned business thing. It's, you know, white-owned white businesses have customer service issues. Asian-owned businesses have customer service issues. Latino-owned businesses have customer service issues. What we tend to do as black consumers, when we have customer service issues with black businesses, we want to throw the baby out with the bath water is that how that saying goes yeah. and we, we just want to be done with the whole thing what i'm we, saying are we holding them to a higher yeah standard? we're holding them to, like, to is this it, so is it one of those things where it's like a kind of like a double whammy like we are expecting something from them they're expecting something from, from yeah. us yeah and, and let me say this what what every black consumer should expect from any business that they patronize any any business that they are uh giving their hard-earned dollars to is quality service and products with good customer service it does not matter if it's a black business a white you expect that that you should demand that and then i think that because i'm the kind of person and urge others to be the kind of people that conscious to consciously make the decision that you know what and whether it's my daughter's $3,500, you know, uh, Sweet 16 or my $25,000 renovation project, I'm going to spend as much of this money as I can with my people. There is a tendency to, to kind of feel a certain slight that we may not feel if I was dealing with uh, other right. people. You know, it's like, come on, this is how you're going to do me. Right. You know? And then they're saying the same thing. Oh, come on. This is how but you all I'm asking mean? you for is to, to, to get the work done. But all I'm asking you for is a break. I think that's <laughs> what ends up happen, happening. Is like we expect, we have these expectations from each other. You know, it's like if you go into, you know, like a, a, a restaurant or a McDonald's or, or one of those places. And it's, it, it's a black person behind the counter. And then. They feel like, well, they could just say anything. Yeah, well, you know, we there's, all there's in the same this struggle. We're all in the same struggle. We're all in the same struggle. Now, let's talk about something real quick that we have to talk about when we're talking about black businesses and black consumers. I am by no means an advocate of the hookup. Like, hook yeah, you know the hookup. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, can I get a discount? No. When you go to, when you we go in the same struggle. Yeah, we in the same. Yeah, no. Nah. <laughs> we don't, you know, I don't go out there looking for the hookup. Pay, right. pay the prices. Um, that are being charged and expect the service right. and quality service and quality goods um, that your money demands. Right. You know? Um, and then, like I said, and even when we, because there's this tendency of throwing that baby out with the bath water. So when we have these instances of getting poor customer service from our own, we want to just lump it all into one thing and say, I'm never going to patronize any, any black owned any business black again. Owned business, no, this is what's going because on. we don't do that with anybody else. Right. Think about the last time you went into a majority owned business and got really bad service. You, right. Did you say, you know what? I'm never going to another white owned restaurant or I never, I'm never going to go to another Asian owned restaurant. You did not say that, you know, you, and you, you know, it happens, especially <laughs> Especially in these streets. Yeah, in these streets, you these they, streets, they 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 do you bad. Ooh. They do you bad in these streets. If that's if you get in, 
That's right. if you don't get put in the chokehold trying to get. <laughs> you ever try to order something from like the Chinese kitchen over the phone, and you get there, you like where my order, and they're like, "Oh no, we no start until you get here." <laughs> <laughs> so you next time you call in your white voice, thinking that. You... <laughs> yes, can I get the uh, crab ragoon? <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, this is Mary Jo Elizabeth, and I'm calling to make a phone order. <laughs> I think they all do that though, cause I'm like, man, I know I just, I called. Can I can I say name? I know I called my favorite Chinese restaurant like uh, 30 minutes. I know my why am I still waiting here 15 more minutes <laughs> for some Empress Lo Mein? Why how how that go? So right. yeah, but you know what? I keep going over there when I get a, a hankering for some Empress Lo Mein. Right. So and that's and my point. And, and and even with the even with the businesses that that you know we have the glitches with don't give up on them either you know right because and, and one of the things i want to point out um is sometimes it's a little bit harder you know whether we're talking about capital or resources or, it's a little bit harder sometimes for black business. there's all kind Definitely. of systemic capital systematic resources. uh issues of institutional racism um you know access to capital redlining that have that that put us behind and so it may be a little bit harder for your favorite black owned restaurant uh to keep up with you know right emeralds or, or or you know some of these you know cats right. uh majority owned cats that have been doing this thing for generations and so when you go there and you want the crab cakes and they don't have the crab cakes order something else you know stop being ridiculous about it because the reality is crab is expensive to keep around you can't just buy crab in crab meat in bulk right and so if y'all not going you go we ain't going y'all would rather run the applebee's so you're not going to your to the black owned restaurant he can't keep crab in the free in the refrigerator for three weeks thinking you might show up so you know you, you got to keep it moving um so, and give these places a, a, an opportunity to shine so in the final charge what do we want people to do? we want black owned businesses to uh make sure that they are providing quality goods products and services we want them to be supportive to the communities in which they exist their communities our communities we want black consumers to deliberately spend money with black owned businesses and if we do that in a deliberate conscious fashion our communities will grow and be strengthened um, in ways that or we can't even you know imagine right now so everybody has to do their part businesses need to step up consumers step up and that's it all Thank right. you. Thank you for having me. Hey, this is the Bad Boy Red Bean. We are out here in the streets again with another segment of news from the people or news on the street. I am hit with, I'm here with my girl Chippo. What's up? What's up? I'm she, out here in the streets. She in these streets. I'm in these streets. She's got something to share with the world. Yeah, I just want to kind of talk about cultural appropriation within the community. Um, okay. I know if you keep your ears to the radio, I know you all have been hearing the latest and greatest Drake Bounce <laughs> tracks, which I feel are terrible, by the way. What? What? I can't stand them. Oh, my gosh. You're not feeling yeah, Drake? Oh, my gosh. It's so sad. You don't like the whole Scorpion album? No. I ain't even look at it. I just, I let it go. I saw the I saw the grime freestyle that he did online, you know, for the British grime rapping scene. And I heard the songs. But so, are you like, a former Drake 
lover? I or never was you a never Drake liked lover. Drake. Okay, so that explains. So yes, it. you know, I'm a hater, a Drake hater, but um, it's it's kind it's quite interesting because I actually heard someone bring it up in an interview I was watching a while ago, but. Um, actually, I think it was Dame Dash is who it was talking about how there is we have also we kind of see cultural vultures as like Caucasian people or people outside of our race being cultural vultures right. exploiting us. But in fact, in times we have our own people exploiting our culture, you know, for their own benefits, their own and, personal gain. Yeah. And it's quite interesting because, I mean, as in this current you know, music scene. Drake is kind of the headline because we have seen him a various amount of times take different, you know, sub genres um, in the black community and take those music musical styles and like, you know, do his own version. And, you know, there's a lot of arguments against my point is where it's like a bad thing where it, uh, some people see it as, oh, well, it's opening it up and creating opportunity mm-hmm. for the people who are actually in the culture, but it just don't sit right with me. Like, and for example, I just don't understand. Like, why would he go to the UK, put on a British accent, and act like he's from the them British streets, them British and, rap, streets. <laughs> and rap like a British man? It's just, it's not authentic. Is I think that's what my problem is. It's like, who is Drake? Who you is know, Drake? Who is Does anyone know who Drake is? No, we don't cuz he's everything and everyone, you know, he's a true actor. But um, you know, but I and going back to the bounce thing in New Orleans, you know, he now has two bounce songs on right. the Billboard charts and it's you know, it's irritating. I think the part that irritates me about it is the fact that you know, people who actually put in the groundwork you know, in the DJ you know, bounce, Jubilee, yeah, all of them. Records, Mia X. Partners in Crime. Yes, like Joe Black, everybody. And and it was a big joke. Exactly. It was a big joke. Like mm-hmm. bounce music, New Orleans rap. Right. Was a big joke. I'm actually gonna be talking to Earl Mackey, who is mm-hmm. one of the founders Ooh. of Take Full Records. Ooh. And he's gonna be giving us a history lesson yes, in please. bounce music of how it all got started. Right. Over at the Riverboat Hallelujah. Right. With DJ. I, I, I don't want It's much needed. I, it's much needed because, you know, I mean, I guess Miley Cyrus started off with the twerk thing. Oh, we won't even go there. <laughs> exactly. Won't even go there. But, I mean, but this, this is my point because although it does get people. And it's going to, because he's an international star, it's going to get people to go like, hmm, okay, so what's actually going on in New Orleans? That is a good thing. But at the same time, it also is promoting a sense of ignorance. Like, this is what, because what people are going to take it as, this is what represents right. New Orleans bounce. And it's not, it's actually, it doesn't at all. So, um, you know, it's an interesting thing to think about. And I feel like if we, because naturally we are attracted to things that are outside of us and I just feel like as musicians if we could have just some more little a little more responsibility with that but hasn't Beyonce done some of this as well yeah and you know the good thing is that she had fed off the idea of like being from New Orleans and things like that but I feel like she's an example of somebody doing it in a respectable way because she incorporated you know two well-known figures from new orleans big frida and messy maya who you know incorporated in the song and it's not like she created a new orleans style song it was still whatever sound that she was going for so i feel like obviously like i may go to india and i may 
here's some sounds and I'm like oh I want to put that in a song but it's all about the respect and you can tell there's it's a different respectability because that shit was trash <laughs> that was trash <laughs> I don't like it it's just and then it's gonna and what it's gonna also open doors to is a bunch of other people in other cities and other cultures feeling like oh I could just make a bounce song and it's just yeah and don't yeah don't really know about it but you know that's why I'm gonna stop well, <laughs> I could go on all day about this. This has been news from the streets, news from the people. I am with my girl Chippo yes. and Drake. Who are you? Who are you? Okay, who are you? Stop being a culture vulture. He he can't stop. He can't stop and won't stop. <laughs> it's in his blood, and that's why I'm gonna stop it if I say something else. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you, and thank you. This has been news from the streets. This is another segment of news from the people. I am hanging out with my boy, Mr. AJ Bell, and he has something for the world to know. Ah, uh, I don't know. I'm fucking mad, man. Uh, what are you mad at? We have a Supreme Court nominee like that. That Trump gets to appoint. Trump gets to make another a fucking. Ah, uh, we're gonna have a red Supreme Court for generations to come now. Right. It, 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 people get so fucking mad about how bad and awful everything is and they have so much that they want to voice and these are the same like people who who bitch and moan about like all these things like uh fucking fucking uh tell us cultural how you really appropriating feel. and and bullshit like safe space and get their feelings sort of bullshit you get your voices loud for that but you won't actually do it where it matters the people who are pieces of shit are smarter than you because at least they know by voting in their policies they'll actually make something happen and when they get in there and bullshit, awful shit in you turn around and get surprised like oh fuck awful shit is happening i can't believe it what's going on i don't have any say in the matter no you do you just don't get out there and fucking do what you're supposed to and then you you spend all day getting your opinions manipulated by memes coming from russia all fucking day it, it just says something like uh, uh fucking what well, you agree with is right what everybody thinks is bad and then you, and then you, you wonder why you can't come to a conclusion because they're getting the same fucking thing that you're getting and nobody's stepping outside to actually reach their hand out and understand and love one another they bitch about it but they won't actually do it they don't they don't they don't reach their hand out and understanding they just they just judge and they define themselves as right so you disagreeing with them means you're awful wrong and evil fundamentally we have a fucked up society we're being played for fools everybody open your fucking eyes and vote and there you have it news from the streets news from the people that is mr aj bell Hey, this is the bad boy Red Bean coming back at you guys, man. We are live in these streets at the Howling Wolf of New Orleans, doing the damn thing right after another great edition of Comedy Gumbo. I am here with my crew, my crew of intelligent jesters. That's what we're calling y'all now. I know yeah. we had a problem with the name last week, but now I think it's going to stick as our intelligent jesters. I got my boy Devon, yeah, 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 yeah. my boy Jorge. What up? And the nature boy. Oh yeah. Woo! Yeah. Woo! Woo! <laughs> so we got two old guys and We're two young guys. Yes. Well, relatively young, because 
Jorge is kind of old, but uh, yeah, he's I'm, 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 in, I'm in my mid 30s. He's old, young. Yeah. I'm 34. <laughs> he's treading the fence. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where you want to be. <laughs> Devon just making the millennial cut 26 years old, man. We are. We're really giving uh, millennials a hard time, but I mean, I Too think they're doing it for themselves. No, no, that's bullshit. <laughs> that's bullshit. We working hard. We trying. Uh, Y'all are working smarter. Yeah. I don't think harder. They, they're working safer. Yeah. Yeah. It's like everything is cushioned. Wait, safe. We're, yeah. using, we're using the word working loosely. <laughs> I don't like the way this is going. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of them don't work just yet. A lot of them just still living at home with their mom. Some bullshit. I've been out of school for five years. I, like, no I would right. do it, but you've been out of school for five for years. <laughs> right. Right. I don't have to cook. There's an app for that. There's an app for that. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I, I went out with somebody and. Uh, they were they were big into microwaving shit. Like y'all don't cook no more. That's gross. What? Microwaving shit. I mean, I don't. I was noodles. How was your dinner prepared tonight, mm. Devon? How was my dinner prepared tonight? Um, I think it was well planned out because I was. Uh, I told myself I'm. Uh, I'm gonna warm up this shit from yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> well, what was yesterday? I'm just trying to get to the the the, the beginning. It was spaghetti. Oodles and noodles. Spaghetti. <laughs> it was it was advanced oodles and noodles. <laughs> Some I don't know motherfuckers to put uh, spaghetti sauce <laughs> on ramen noodles. What? Like they done done some shit. I don't like. Like this they done microwave <laughs> some some ragu sauce. Yes. And then they didn't boil the ramen and like, oh, it's about to go down up in this bitch right here. Oh my god. <laughs> y'all talk Look, y'all talking so shit though. Like ramen so saves much. a lot of people's lives. Oh, I know yeah. when I was in college, I was extra what? with my ramen. What? I was putting I was putting smoked oysters in my ramen. What the fuck? <laughs> You I know put that. butter in my shit made it a pasta. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, growing up, we were so poor. I saw motherfuckers around the streets eating that shit, like, dry. Oh, we do that shit in the city now. Sprinkles. We do that no. shit. No. That's a thing. Top. Yeah, putting a topping on it. Yeah, that's a thing. Oh, that's wow. a thing. I ain't never like do that. Like potato chips. <laughs> my high school was so hood, we did that at our concession stands. We just had ramen noodles for 50 cents. Right. Let's eat that this, dry So now that, that sparks another debate. Is it Raymond or is it ramen? It's ramen. Oh Raymond is a name. It's oodles and oodles. <laughs> <laughs> like, I can Raymond. introduce you to my buddy Raymond. Here's my buddy Raymond. Who can sit down and have some ramen with you. <laughs> but what if his last name was Noodles? What if- <laughs> oodles How of noodles. It's probably... It's probably- Hi. I am Raymond talk- Noodles. Like, we can get the fuck out of here. Yeah. He would get swiped to the left so many times. I don't like this, y'all. Y'all talk so much shit about millennials, dog. Y'all, y'all, it's like a stereotype. Y'all, well, y'all even like, though, even uh, though, no. even though you're a millennial and oh, Jorge yeah. is Mexican, yeah, uh, <laughs> we all got our ass beat. He got a lot of you walls still, to climb. Yeah. Still <laughs> I still get my ass yeah, beat. He does. Now I'll say, I just barely caught millennialism. <laughs> I am barely. When you was born? I just caught it. What year you was born? Eighty-four. You were a millennial. Yeah. I'm a millennial. You I are. just caught it. I right wasn't vaccinated for that shit. <laughs> right now. Shit. But, but, but like the thing is, I, I did grow up without, uh, I did grow up like half of my life without technology. I grew up riding my bikes, 
going to friends' houses and yelling Wait, their names. But how many bikes did you have, Jorge? I know you're Mexican. Were you just stealing them from the oh load? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, there, there are still some uh, courts. Yeah, at the Home Depot and shit. Oh, oh, there's still some lawsuits that are open, so I'm not allowed to discuss how many bikes I stole as a youth. Oh, God. But, but, but let's just say several. But to be fair to you, D, uh, I'm going to say this. I, uh, you know, I'm a little older than you guys, but I can't cook. You know what I'm saying? So, oh. But the only way I cook, I have to have special instructions. Are you, you single? Know? Yes. You, you have live to be alone? Like, like, yes. You have to have like special instructions like heat and warm, throw and serve, <laughs> microwavable. <laughs> Let's spray on it. Something easy. Call your mom. <laughs> Let's spray on it. Just leave it there. Yeah. I, I got to tell you. You know what? Pull up to the second window. That's how I cook. I don't know about you. Pull up to the second window. <laughs> Why is there a second window? The first window don't work no more. Like, works. y'all notice that the first window, they the like, fuck it. Every, everywhere you go, that Taco Bell, Burger King, you say, please pull up to the if next you window. If you get that. Like, the first say, window is now Pull up storage. on the side. We're going to bring it out to you. <laughs> it, it is storage. We need a manager at a fucking fast food restaurant to explain to us why you go to the drive. Nature Boy don't drive, so he can't participate in this part of the conversation. I can walk up. I got my my shoes. Lord, this lady almost fell. And then pull back. Can yeah. you pull up and then pull back? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What the fuck is going on? You well, see okay. me. I have ordered my food. So I can tell you why. I can tell you exactly why. Because when I was younger, I worked at a jack-in-the-box. Um, so when you pull up to the window, a timer immediately starts. And they time how long it takes for you to get your order. And that all goes into like data that, they, that the headquarters processes and figure out how you're doing. So it's a way of fucking cheating the timer. You pull up, you pay, and they tell you pull up forward. It stops the timer. And it makes it seem like they that. served you in thirty seconds. <laughs> yes, indeed. So that's, that's some manager no bullshit. I work. Yeah, at I feel McDonald's like I'm working for them now. Oh so yeah. They need to give me a hookup. Mm-hmm. You will be the nigga who asks for extra fries. <laughs> you can't eat that vegan, you know? <laughs> I am not a vegan. I am living a more plant-based lifestyle. Oh, you shit that regular. That's what we call it. <laughs> I don't know what, the, I don't know what that means. Why do we invite Nature Boy to be on this show? <laughs> <laughs> what we were talking about, got though. Fiber. I'm a part-time vegan. Getting asses whipped. Devon, did, did you get your ass whipped? I got my ass beat as a child. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in the 90s, so... You go over the night as you got your ass whooped. Yep. <laughs> Black mamas was whooping ass like really? yo the money. It was Mexican mamas ain't different, man. They whooping my ass. Shit, yeah. White mamas was whooping ass too. Man. White mamas in the 90s? Hell yeah. They was even Everyone whooping. was whooping ass Hell in yeah. the 90s. I think timeouts had just started coming out in the yeah, late that's, 90s. That's some bullshit. Yeah, they right. was timeouts and they was putting niggas on leashes. Then they put your leash on, we're going for a walk. Hell. Yo, my mom would hit me with whatever she could find. She'd throw a sandal at me. She once hit me with a, with a TV cord. I mean, the antenna cord, that thick one that connects your... Uh, the cable? The with cable. A, you got the your cable ass with, cable. with coax? Dang. Yep. The coax? Wow. The end coax, coax. The hard part. <laughs> the coax. <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't you set up cable on direct TV? I was doing that. So you know working. about that coax. Shit hard, whooping. boy. You to be scared of that shit. <laughs> that shit hurts. Dang shit. I got whooped with a spatula. My mom was in the middle of cooking and just said, fuck these eggs. I'm about to whoop your ass. Oh, my God. It hurt. Oh, it hurt. Yeah, uh, scramble eggs on my ass cheek. Yes, uh, you know, uh, getting back to food, y'all. You got to learn how to cook. As yeah. a single man, it is an important skill. So you, you have a nature boy to learn how to cook. Yeah, every every man's got to learn how to cook. Boy that's has not, to that's learn not how to happen. do. 
Well, that's true. <laughs> you got to learn how to drive. You got to learn how to do a lot of things. <laughs> hey, look. <laughs> I, 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 but Ninja Boy can teach us some stuff, too, though. Yes. Oh, no doubt. Oh, yeah. Like, I got, what look. time Colette's closes? Really? He doesn't uh, know how to cook because he knows how to do other things. Yes. Yes, I have a lot of other skills. Yes, a lot of like, other I skills. Could, I could walk uptown. They walk back downtown. His feet are real small. I got more miles on my shoe than you have on your Ninja car. Ninja Boy <laughs> live around Dillard, Dillard, which is God. probably about what seven, eight miles from Dillard. here. And he walked here tonight. Uh, <laughs> no, Dillard's not. off oh. of uh, Elysian, Dillard right? University. Not you saying Dillard? <laughs> no, like, no, no, no. Yeah, like Dillard University. That's so cool. Dillard, Elysian, about a fifteen-minute drive. He's not woke. <laughs> oh, no, man, I'm asleep right now. <laughs> I sleep twelve hours a night. Uh, my ass ain't woke. <laughs> my ass is fucking slept. But yeah, you ain't no millennial. We don't sleep. Yeah. We don't sleep right there. Shit, we, we work. We we gonna get into to uh, Jorge's sleeping habits. Oh, yeah. We're going to play a little bit of music. Man, if you guys are on the Anchor app, man, definitely enjoy some of this music that we're about to play. Uh, If you're not on the Anchor, if you're listening to us on one of the other uh, podcast vehicles, just know that you're missing out on some great music. We're going to be right back. So y'all just sit tight. All right, we are back just hanging out, man. Jorge, he was just about to talk about his sleeping rituals because he oh you man sleep, you sleeping 12 hours yeah, I'm curious I, how Mexicans sleep yeah <laughs> um, y'all work so much they have siestas okay, yeah, okay, that's, that's the first thing you gotta learn we got siestas so we have multiple <laughs> sleeps throughout the day okay so like while y'all working y'all just follow up like yeah, yeah. and then you <laughs> go and just pull, just pull her some girls down get the sun out of her face okay find the corner okay just sleep about an hour and, and like hey home wake up yeah. you know, okay, my, okay, my buddy Jose okay. will just give me an A. It's time to get to work. <laughs> That's how we do. Um, actually, for the longest time, I did. Uh, I did sleep about twelve hours, and it's because I didn't know. I didn't know that I had sleep apnea. Oh. oh shit! Yeah, I know. So it would be like I think everybody has sleep apnea. Oh now. yeah, yeah, to some degree. And so, like the thing is, when you have sleep apnea, your sleep cycle gets interrupted, so you never really get um, a good amount of sleep, like good and, quality. And just so you know, Jorge is about 113 pounds. Yeah, wait. I well, I'll tell you this much. Uh, With burritos in his pocket. Oh yeah. If I just, gonna, I just, we're going to continue to be racist. <laughs> Are we? Can we just stop? Can <laughs> <laughs> we all just get along? I can't get a taco or two. No joke. These guys just ordered me tacos and nachos. <laughs> They're like, oh Jorge, this he'll like this. You not yeah. sharing them, bitches. Either. Yeah. No, I'll tell you. Uh, losing some weight did help. I just lost about twenty five pounds. And according to my sleep machine, uh, I have a lot less episodes per hour now. What is an episode? Because back when I was coming up, an episode mean you you peed in the bed. Oh, <laughs> sometimes that happens. Devon used to pee but, in the bed. So okay. Oh man. I mean, really? <laughs> oh yeah, no. <laughs> he thought about that. Lord. I don't want to interrupt, but I, I I just have to say this because that is a very impressionable thing. You know, when when you're coming up, I don't know if they did it in the in the Mexican community <laughs> or the Hispanic community. <laughs> don't offend the Latino community. When I was, thank going, you, thank you, Devon. Well, you know, it's one of them. I'm at all of them. Although he he's is, not wrong, I am he Mexican. So, so sensitive. Can. Yeah. But so when I was coming up, if you peed in the bed, one of the one of the the, the threats. Oh yeah. Was that we would take the mattress 
and put it outside so all, all your, your friends, friends yep, all your friends will see, see that yep. you're peeing Damn. in the bed. That's cold, man. right? That's that's cold. You didn't you didn't get that Hell millennia? No, no. millennia. Oh, we don't no, know that never, that. They would hang that, that never happened to me. What? I, I might have gotten I might have gotten beat with a coaxial cable, but my bed was never put out on display. They would hang the sheets out the window. So. This is how impressionable that was to me as a child. Many, many years later, after my adult, in my adult life, in my college life, okay, after, I'm sorry, after my college life, I started working at a mental institution uh, for, for children and adolescents, and I worked with some of the adolescents, or some of, and they had adolescents, they had younger kids. So one of the children was a bedwetter. Mm. So in the nursing meeting, my suggestion was want him to get him to stop peeing in bed. Let's start putting his matches out now. <laughs> that is some shit. I am telling That's this to actual doctors and nurses. <laughs> <laughs> oh really? Really? Like, this is this is like a part of the th- the treatment plan. <laughs> was to put- I'm gonna put that this on is paper. Now, this is now a plan. professional, legitimate treatment plan. Yeah. I think it's Just in their chart. Oh my god! I grew up in a project, so somebody would have stole my sheets. <laughs> I put them bitches outside. Ain't nobody feeling pissy. P and all, oh, yeah. They got Clorox. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's one thing black people don't play with is pissy sheets. Yeah, like, I think I, black I, people have the Clorox. We gotta get back to Jorge's uh, sleep apnea, because. <clears throat> well, I'll tell you, man. It, it. I'll tell you this much: it makes it hard to date. It makes it almost impossible today. I can't. I can't let. I can't let women see that part of my life. Right. I can't. It's a lot to deal with. I have to wait until a woman is emotionally invested in the relationship with me before she can see all that. It's okay. So what is what is going on? What is okay? You want me to? All right, y'all. I'm gonna have to like explain to you what it is to have sleep apnea. So if you're listening, see, see, see. Devon and myself and, and Nature Boy probably have sleep apnea, but we don't have health insurance. Oh, I don't know. So None at all. We have not been diagnosed with it, but we all probably have sleep apnea, so we don't know this process. I went the cheapest routes because I also don't have uh, insurance. <laughs> right here, you I go Google to Mexico, my though. Every time I'm sick, <laughs> I Google all my shit. You I know some somebody in the got hooked up on pills. <laughs> <laughs> I got penicillins on, on, on standby. <laughs> Lord. It's insane, man. I mean, it. I don't notice it. I don't know that it's happening. You know, like I'm asleep, and when I stop breathing, yeah. I don't notice it's happening. But other people do. Other right. people do, and it's scary for them. I mean, you stop breathing. You know? I stop breathing. Like I die. For how long? Uh, for a few seconds. Damn. For for however long it takes for my body to realize, oh Dang. shit, I need oxygen, and right. then it'll just go. <gasps> Damn. You know. You know. That you, ain't cool. You know the thing about that. If anybody tell you something, it's like. It won't hurt you. You're like, bitch, I've been dead before. <laughs> <laughs> I die every night I at least five times an hour. Nothing. <laughs> so I'm if you fired? get pulled over by the police, you could just I'm like fired, pass Billy. out. Whatever. And be like, you know. I was no, dead that, yesterday. That's narcolepsy. Oh, yeah. I got him confused. <laughs> wow. One is dead and one is look dead. Yeah, no. <laughs> me, me, I die anytime I go out. down for a nap. I'm not editing that out. <laughs> like, when you're narcoleptic, you just have to worry about, like, falling asleep in random places. Uh, like when when you have sleep apnea, you have to worry about dying anytime you go to sleep. Oh, man. I wouldn't sleep. <laughs> 
I, I go down for a nap like around 2 p.m. sometimes, and I just I, I just pray to the pray to God that I wake up. That ain't scary, good. man. But you got machines and stuff now, right? Yeah, but I don't know. If it's 2 p.m. and I'm on the couch and I fall asleep, I don't got time to put all I'll that shit on. It's called Wake Up Coach. So, yeah. You got to stand by you and watch me. <laughs> 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 I'm going to pay you to watch me, okay? Yeah. <laughs> that is some scary shit right there. It is. Um, I think, and here's the other thing I think. You know, I know for me, like, you know, because we were talking about dating and shit, like, I... I, I just don't want to be like uncool with that big ass mask on. It's not. I mean, honestly, can you imagine how much it just fucking ruins the mood? I mean, I mean, it's bad he, enough she has to look at you. No right, man. she's got to look yeah. at my face. Now she's got to fucking walk into my room, see me putting on a mask, attaching tubes. That gotta be bad. Fucking for her. connecting things to the fucking electricity outlet, pouring water into things, and then no, no, you know. She's looking at me thinking all that shit's for sex and then I gotta be like, Oh, this is just so that I don't die when I sleep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> right, like I so- like to pretend I'm Darth Vader. Well, you know, because we both need a mask just to breathe and not die. Yeah, right. yeah. That's, that's that a way to look at it. Yeah, man. It's exciting. I'm a sci fi character. Yeah, you got a lot of movies. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm glad Nature Boy doesn't have uh, sleep apnea. Oh, you don't know a, that. A machine. You don't know that. He's single. He sleeps well, alone. We know Nature Boy lives in the hood. And yes, I do live in the hood. They're still that. They were probably stolen. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be yelling to him like, I need this to I'll tell you, sometimes, sometimes no, a sleep apnea episode sounds louder than gunshots in the hood. No. <laughs> For Halloween, some little kid gonna knock on Nature Boy no door <laughs> with a sleep apnea machine. <laughs> so where's my damn sleep apnea machine? <laughs> Yo, okay. My mama made this costume. <laughs> I'm gonna make a little That's PA about, announcement. And the hood people steal stuff from you and pretend like like theirs. <laughs> yeah. And they were like, hold on, I came in a, I came in this bird store with a bird. What are you talking about? <laughs> I'm gonna make a little PA announcement. What's that? For all of us for all of us suffering from sleep apnea. Get yourself checked out. There are ways around it. There are people you can call. Is he doing a Go see a doctor. I don't think you I don't have to. Me. I ain't gonna lie. I'm sleep. I'm gonna sleep. I'm out. I have to go see a doctor. No, actually, you know what? I will say this. What's that? Just getting the sleep apnea machine has improved my life dr- dramatically. I now wake up and I feel well rested. Is it like the sleep number bed? Boy, <laughs> boy, I ain't editing none of this shit out. Okay. <laughs> it is better. It hey, is better. That shit costs a couple thousand. <laughs> Are you researching? I need He's researching sleep. We are not talking about Googler any guy. of the topics <laughs> that I have played today. Of course he's going to Google it. You know? <laughs> he ain't got no Wi-Fi. I got hot oh, spot heat. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. You got hope. I'm out here in these streets, man. We are doing the damn thing. I got my boy Devon, Jorge, and the Nature Boy. And this is the Bad Boy Red Bean. We will check you guys out next week. Thank you guys for hanging out with us. Make sure you stay tuned. Red beans, no rice. One bean. Extra rice. I love rice. Yes. <laughs> like a rice, like an Asian. When I, I get rice. when I get red beans and rice, I always say more rice, less. Oh, you beans. got all that white on. You look like a grain of rice. <laughs> <laughs> you know the part of this. Red beans and rice. Is over. <laughs> look at that. <laughs> Yo, don't make any sense. Goodbye.
Hey, if you're ever in New Orleans, man, make sure you come check us out at Nolan's Comedy Gumbo. We have a bunch of talented comedians coming there from all over the world, so you never know what's going to happen. It's every Thursday night, 907 South Peters, 8.30 p.m. Here's a little taste of how it goes down. What part of Georgia y'all from? Columbus. Columbus? I live here my whole life, pretty much. Okay, and then you say, you know what, I'm going to go to Columbus and ruin my life. Awesome. Yeah. What, what do you do for a living in Columbus? Oh, wow. Uh, is this mic on? What do you do for a living in Columbus? Okay, here we go. <laughs> she was like looking up and like, what do I do? Oh, that's awesome. Who's this guy next to you? It's Mike. Wow, okay. <laughs> Clearly, they're not fucking. Um, she didn't say this is my man, this is my husband. This is fucking Mike. He picked me up from the airport and are, are y'all dating? Oh, okay. Did you, did you punch in the fucking show? Like, bitch, I'm your man. Uh, you're just gonna sit there and take it, huh, Mike? Pretty like, much. how long y'all been together, Mike? About a week and a half. <laughs> well, I guess you're just finding this out too. Uh, wow. Okay. Uh, probably something y'all could have talked about on the way here. You probably could have been like, hey, the fat guy's gonna ask this question, so what are, what are we? <laughs> now you know. Uh, we well, at least the show was free, and <laughs> you just have to pay for the drinks now, Mike. Give it up for Mike, get some ass tonight. <laughs> they fucking, because uh, they're in a new relationship, clearly. Are you from Columbus too, Mike? Um, Wow, okay, long distance. Like, are you moving to Columbus now? Cause we'll find out in another week and a half. <laughs> Hilarious, that's awesome. You'll be meeting the parents. So. <laughs> what, what do you do for a living, Mike? I'm a doctor. <laughs> well, now everything makes sense. <laughs> What's up, New Orleans? When I say New Orleans, I mean the old New Orleans. Where, where are the natives at? Who went to high school in this bitch? Where y'all that made some noise? I said, make some noise. He put his hand up. He went to grass. Where you went? Gregory? Where you went? Oh, fuck. That don't count. I said, New Orleans. He went to school off the interstate in Metairie and shit. It's all good, man. I said, I see, listen here. I miss the old New Orleans. New Orleans going through some changes right now. A lot of new people here. I miss the old New Orleans, man. 1995 New Orleans. Pre-Google Maps New Orleans. So you had to ask people for directions when you didn't know where the fuck you was going. Tourists would come to New Orleans all the time. My boy attended on Bourbon Street. We'd be on Bourbon Street, and tourists would be like, excuse me, sir, how do I get to Bourbon Street? <laughs> I sent them to the project every fucking time, every time. We'd be on contact, like, you want to go about four blocks that way, bring and get the Rampart? 
Cross that beautiful red brick conduit. Go through the middle of that shit. Bourbon Street, we lost a lot of tourists in 95, just to tell you. Fuck it, don't ask me stupid ass questions. I hate when people ask me stupid ass questions, man. I miss the old New Orleans, man, I miss it. Like, why would you ask a total stranger for directions? You can walk up to a total stranger and ask them where to go in a city you're not familiar with, and you're gonna believe whatever the fuck they tell you. <laughs> Bitch, you deserve to die in a project, I don't give a fuck. Tourists is crazy, man. Tourists are always do crazy shit like this. Tourists would come to my boat, and they'd be like, look, man, I know I'm not from here, but I don't want you to treat me like a tourist. I want to do what the locals do. I say, cool, I got off work, took that motherfucker with me to go rob some tourists. Bitch, that's what we gonna do. <laughs> tourists always get fucking robbed, man. <laughs> I work in hotels now, I can run across a tourist. So what you doing? Oh, well, took the tours. Did the cemetery tour, did the ghost tour, that's cool. Did they get jacked to him? No, bitch, you gotta get robbed. <laughs> you haven't really visited New Orleans until you got robbed. New Orleans is famous for two things. You number one in the United States for tourism. Also, murder, bitch. If you ain't got robbed, you ain't experienced the whole trip. <laughs> kind of story are you gonna tell you go back to Iowa? Yeah, I took the cemetery tour. Yeah, took the swamp tour, saw some alligators. Bitch, you wanna hear what really fucking happened in New Orleans. You know you got robbed by a transvestite, bitch stole your pants in a hotel. <laughs> You don't want to tell us the real story, motherfucker? We know you got robbed. Every fucking tourist get their pants stolen in the fucking hotel. Talking about my date stole my pants, bitch. That wasn't no date. <laughs> Probably wasn't a fucking woman. <laughs> you gonna come back for the court case? Fucking chalk it up as a loss. Part of the experience. It's part of the fucking experience. I actually ran into a guy who got robbed. I said, so what you been doing in the woman? Oh, man, took a few tours. I said, you got robbed? I did. I said, oh, shit. That's cool. You got shot? No, oh, bitch, you gotta get shot. You gotta get shot. Motherfucker, you ain't experienced the one until you got shot. Bitch, what kind of story are you gonna tell in Wyoming when you go back to fucking Wyoming? Just saying, enjoy the city. Many women in here have kids, make some noise. It's cool, I don't care about your kids. I just like to see who like to have raw sex. That's what I'm trying to say. You like to do it raw, team, leave it in. Let it go, God's got it, fuck it. Let it go, ah, let this go. I just got snipped, I don't give a fuck, I'm letting them go. I got a vasectomy, oh, that shit was crazy. Went to Tulane Hospital. I didn't know Tulane was a teaching hospital. <laughs> Y'all been to hospitals before. <laughs> I didn't know what the fuck that meant, teaching hospital, what that mean. Well, this is what it mean. When you go in to get your vasectomy, the doctor, not the only person, is gonna be snipping on your balls. It's gonna be some fucking student. Doctor got the right ball, flipped it up all nice, sewed it back up. I didn't know Heather was gonna get the left ball. Who, who the fuck is this? <laughs> Heather's gonna be assisting me there. Hold on, Doc. The fuck, man? And that, it started off all fucked up. I'm outside the lobby. My old lady, my ex-old lady brought me in. You know, we walked in. We're not married. He's like, well, if your significant other's out there, you need to get her to sign a form. How many kids do you have? Are you sure you want to do this? Bitch, my body, my choice. Let's get on with this shit, man. Fuck you. <laughs> so Heather's sitting there. I'm nervous as a motherfucker. I got my legs wide open. I feel like a woman in the gynecologist's office got my legs up and shit. It's cold as fucking day. I look up, they got two more students over here. I didn't see when them bitches came in. <laughs> I look up again, I'm looking at her. I look up again, they got four more students. Bitch left the door open. The wall is small, motherfucker walk past. What up, T? Oh, no. <laughs> what you doing in there, bitch? You get an exam, fuck you doing, bitch? Boy, your dick small, bitch, it's cold. Fuck out of here, close the door. Fuck wrong with y'all? Garrison. This motherfucker over here clipping on my 
balls and shit. I don't know what the fuck she's doing. This is our first time. How many balls you clipped? Hell, 10. Oh, shit. I'm nervous. What if she clipped the wrong way? It turned into like the movie and shit when they about to deactivate the bomb. They got the bomb squad that Blue wire, red wire. Three seconds. Bitch clipped the wrong one and my dick don't get hard. Don't fucking kill me now. Leave me on the table. Fucking <laughs> That shit is stressful. It was stressful. The doctor told me you got to follow some procedures before you even come in. Don't take aspirin. Get that thins your blood and you can fuck around and bleed out. I'm thinking, stressed out. I ain't gonna take the aspirin. But I did do seven shots of tequila the night before. <laughs> Alcohol thin your blood too. Some of that motherfucker, they wrapped me up. So they snipped me up. I ain't even feel a shit. They snipped me up and they wrapped my shit up. Looked like a head wound. They wrapped it up. They wrapped it up so my dick just sticking out like this. They wrapped the balls up, so I'm like, ah, I'm fucking my piss. So he left me a little hole to piss. I get home, he says, put ice on it. Don't do anything strange. You got a two-story house? Yeah, don't go up there. Sleep on the first floor. Fuck it. Don't go up there. Don't do anything strange. I'm hard-headed. I'm sitting downstairs on the sofa. I get up. I move around. Balls are swollen up. The lady said, you hard-headed, motherfucker. Put some ice on the shit. Bitch, we ain't going back to the emergency room. I'm not waiting with you. Fuck that shit. So I put the ice on it, fucked around, went to sleep. I had blood all in the motherfucking thing. I said, I took all that shit off. She said, we got to go back to the hospital, but I ain't got no fucking guards. I said, fuck that. You got a maxi pad. Give me two maxi pads and some tape. I'm going to make this shit work. She said, maxi pad says, that'll stop blood. What the fuck? I got blood. You got blood. Fuck it. We're going to make this shit work. So I took the maxi pad, and I'm taping the shit up, put the ice on it, fell back to fucking sleep. Now I'm bugging the piss out of her. And the doctor was like, hey, do you want some Percocet? Because if you need it for the pain, I'll give it to you. I probably won't need it for the pain, but fuck it, doc. Give me the Percocet. Basically, if I don't need them, I can sell them to pay for this motherfucking situation. <laughs> so I'm sitting there, I pop the perk, I go to sleep. I wake up, they got blood on the motherfucking pain. I go to freaking out, tell them all that. Man, we gotta get the fuck, we gotta go to the emergency room. She says, it's three o'clock in the fucking morning. I'm not going to the fucking emergency room. I told your hard-headed ass don't move around. And I'm fussing with her, and she's like, listen, bitch, I ain't trying to argue with you. Go change your pad, bitch. And I say, man, I can <laughs> Now I know what it feels like to be a fucking woman. <laughs>